0: Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you always dreamed of. Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon Cunningham is going to join us as we have a conversation with the host from the House of Five podcast, Wendy Mays, because we want to know what inspires a 46 year old defense lawyer who's got a lucrative career is supporting her family decide one day I'm going to hang that up and I'm going to help people become solid in their personal finances. Well, that's why we have Wendy on the show, because that's exactly what she did. She hung up a very solid career to pursue her passion to help others find financial independence. So sit back and relax. Unless you're busy at work, then keep doing that because you got to be productive too, right? As we have a conversation with Wendy Mays from House of Fi, here we go. All right. Hey, Brandon, welcome back to your own show. How have you been? Oh, are you talking to me? Yeah, you, oh, Brandon. I was taking a nap. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm trying to see That's what else. Other- awesome. awesome. Good stuff. I was thinking maybe you were trying to get yourself unblocked from Roblo on Twitter. That's... <laughs> I'm opening up new Twitter accounts as we speak. <laughs> uh, now, Wendy doesn't know this. Uh, oh, yeah. So as we said in the intro, we've got our guest, Wendy. Hi, Wendy.
1: Hi. <laughs> He's uh, here too.
0: Yay. Uh, and what you may not know, Wendy, is uh, Brandon's claim to fame on Twitter is that he was, he was actually once and still is blocked by Rob Lowe.
1: That's awesome,
0: and to this day, Brian has no idea why. Because he wasn't like being offensive to him, he wasn't like calling him out on anything, uh, and he just found himself blocked one day. So,
1: well, I would love to go back and like maybe someone got some screenshots of that and dissect it because that would be fun. Yeah, what (laughs) (laughs) happened?
2: Yeah, come on,
0: Rob. I know you're jealous of my looks, but don't block me on Twitter. But I, I, I'm thinking, Brandon, uh, Brandon that uh, Rob's probably thinking like if he did unblock you, then he would never hear from me. That's true. Yeah, that's my. So maybe just to sustain that relationship, he's okay I, blocking I me. think so. It's, so he's <laughs> doing this to you for me. I think that's, yeah. yeah, that's my moment of delusional grandeur. Is that the phrase? (laughs) I'm that That important to Rob Lowe. Yeah. Uh, Now, Brandon, this isn't the reason why we brought Wendy onto the show. Uh, So why don't you go ahead and, uh, you know. Even though we bring it up every week. Every episode. As (laughs) if. I think because it's just fun. You know, it's, it's right up there with that time we were trying to get Renee Zellweger on the show. And convince yep. the world that you were the biggest Renee Zellweger fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she called with the cease and desist letter. So, you know, <laughs> got over that. I thought but, it was your wife, Renee, who said, stop doing it. It's yeah, not funny exactly. anymore. <laughs> that lady alone. <laughs> All yeah. right. So tell us why we brought Wendy on. Because, uh, <coughs> excuse me, that really that almost much of a never story, happens.
2: Huh? Yeah. <laughs> The reason we wanted Wendy on is because I had the privilege of being on her podcast a while back. We both have a a great passion for financial independence Mm -hmm. and people being able to make decisions in their own life uh, and that freedom that it gives you to live where you want. As we were talking about a little earlier, you know some people are like, I hate it here. Well, being able to move is a really big deal. And if you have that financial independence, then you can make decisions like that. And uh, so I got to be on her show not too long ago, and so we finally got her on our show to talk a little bit about uh, kind of what drives her, how she got started, what made her want to do this. She does the podcast with her husband, which is really cool because it's kind of a group activity. My wife has zero uh, desire to be on here with us, as does Jerry, so <laughs> it's, it's an interesting dynamic that we're really excited about. But uh, hello, Wendy, glad you're here, and thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you. I am glad to be here. Uh, we were talking before the show that, that my show is on a, just a couple-month hiatus. I'm taking a break to work on some some other things. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little out of practice. I'm a little nervous right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is a different dynamic when you're on it somebody is. else's show. <laughs> I don't want to mess this up. I
0: can edit my own show, but I can't edit somebody else's show.
2: <laughs> right.
0: Like, what if so, I go on there and I forget how to speak English? Yeah. Like, what was the
2: name of my podcast again? That What's to be my weird.
0: story? Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but your podcast is,
2: is called House of Fi, and and, and your whole uh, kind of goal there is to talk about financial independence. And even right. though the podcast is on a little bit of a hiatus, it probably won't be by the time we uh, launch yeah. this show and you're listening to it. But the blog is still going. You're still giving oh, tips yeah. on how to save money and, and, and do those kind of things. So tell us a little bit about what got you started into the very lucrative field of podcasting (laughs) and uh, what you were doing before that.
1: Well, what, what got us started was really just being at a place of, at least for myself, just extreme burnout in my career and feeling trapped with no way out because we needed my income. I, I, was and still am semi-retired criminal defense attorney. So I've always been the breadwinner and always, you know, made the bulk of our money. And you know, add into the mix that we've got a big family. We've got six children. You know, two two yeah. bigs, two two older children, <laughs> and four little ones that um, we uh, we were blessed to be able to um, foster adopt and. Um, so our, our, our home grew, my responsibilities grew, the chaos grew, but I still had to keep working this job that, um, just created an enormous amount of stress and just was not filling me up anymore. It was taking me, you know, draining my cup, but we were trapped. And so I was in a place of hopelessness really in what ways
0: in what ways was working as a criminal defense lawyer draining that cup of yours? Uh, cause I know the trade-off is you're getting that income and you're being the right. breadwinner. winner, but what was that, right. What was at stake? What were you losing out?
1: Well, and for a lot of years, it was an amazing career. I, I don't regret it one bit. Uh, it, it fulfilled a lot. Um, you know, it was quite an accomplishment. I was doing good work, the work, um, primarily that I did, I would say 95% of my caseload at the end was, um, Uh, court appointed cases. So, you know, I'm fulfilling my public service. Um, But what was so draining about it is that we're talking about some heavy duty stuff. You know, my, I wasn't just doing DUIs, you know, I was doing homicides and, and, you know, robberies and aggravated assaults while people were hurt. Um, You know, so it's, and, and, and I care about my clients, you know, contrary to popular belief, most criminals are not like, crazy bad guys. They're just some <laughs> mess, messed <laughs> up people d- dealing with some messed up stuff. Usually, mm-hmm. you know, drug abuse or or mental health issues and and really had some, you know, cruddy upbringings. And so I did feel compassion and empathy for my clients yeah. as well. So as you can imagine, as with most like you know, um, social worker, social justice type stuff. It's it's draining. And so right. after sixteen years and then the added responsibility of of my family. And then you factor in, I was in my mid forties. And so I've got some, you know, um, what is that called? Um, see, my Medi- brain. Life- my <laughs> my you know, my my 40 year old brain is having trouble what <laughs> calling what like just hormonal genetic those sorts of things. There's changes that are happening. And it just was, I think it was all coming to just this crossroads of something had to happen and it wasn't going to be good if Mm -hmm. I didn't figure out a way to get out of the situation.
2: Well, yeah. And some people will look at that story and, and, and see themselves and thinking, but when you make no money, or you know you're really struggling, walking away from it is really not as hard as if you're making really good money right and and once you begin living at a certain level, and especially with kids, and you know you have to keep that treadmill going because right. even taking a break from that treadmill means everything kind of goes downhill quickly and and sometimes we see people who make a lot of money and think, well they don't have to worry as much well chances are your your bills and your income are pretty similar. So Mm -hmm. you have to keep moving or the whole thing falls apart. So you're not only making a decision on a career change, one that took you many, many, many years to even achieve, but financially you're making a big change. So what made you think, you know, their financial independence was not just about having a lot of money or having Mm -hmm. enough money. It meant something different to you.
1: Well, so the, kind of the epiphany came and and I remember it very clearly you, you know i was I was home uh visiting my my husband from working in Phoenix, so I would go and I would work in Phoenix for um the week, and I would come home on the weekends to my husband and I would tote all the children back with me, I was going back and forth with the kids and oh man. Um, I was searching for a way out. And so uh, you go to the interwebs, right? <laughs> That's yes. where all the answers are <laughs> right. on the internet.
2: <laughs> Google it. You'll find go
1: it. Go. So I was looking for laptop lifestyles. I was looking for a way that I could make money and be home with my children or at least be more available for my children. And in the in the process of those searches, I stumbled upon mad, the mad scientist. And... Um, uh, he's a, he's a pretty prominent figure in the financial independence space. And I had never heard any of this before, you know, i had heard Dave Ramsey and we had followed Dave Ramsey in the past and, you know, fell off the wagon and let lifestyle creep come back in our lives. But I right. had never heard of this concept of financial independence or of people, normal people, not rich people, normal people working normal jobs, saving 50% or more of their income. And my mind was blown. I I really, (laughs) seriously, I was like, what in the world? Like if, if someone like that, you know, granted he didn't have children, but he was making a normal income. If someone like that could save half of their income, certainly I could find a way to reduce our expenses to get out of this mess. And that was kind of the spark that then caused me to go down this rabbit hole of information and find all these other, um, fire community people choose fire and all of that. And, um, really caused us to start examining our situation and figuring out a plan to get out of it.
2: That's such a great concept because you you found a way to, to start the plan. I know somebody listening to this is thinking, I can't say 5%, much less 50%. Right. But you didn't start the next day. You started no. putting together a plan and having a conversation. And, exactly. and the most important step is to find out where you're at. Exactly. Before you can decide where you want to go. Absolutely. So how did that conversation go with your husband as far as I'm, I'm thinking about, we yeah. save paid 50% of our income. Okay, that's crazy.
1: <laughs> that came later. That came much later. And you're exactly right. It doesn't just... So the spark happened and then the deep dive into the information happened, which just started introducing me to... Um, ideas and what other people had done. And I was pretty much thinking about these things by myself. And it it wasn't until probably a good two years later that um, I had the conversation with Curtis about it. And um, I had been running the numbers and I had been um, making the plans of what were the things that we could cut out of our budget and where we would be if we were able to do these things and do them consistently. And the way that he came on board, I was coming back from Phoenix again, and I had put everything into the spreadsheets. I'm the nerd. I do the spreadsheets. (laughs) And I had presented him with this scenario of, look, if we do X, Y, and Z, if we can cut this much out of our, our budget, this is what we can accomplish. And when he saw that, and he saw that if he wanted to, he could retire at 55. That We were right. both 46 at the time. And if we did this, it, it wasn't unreasonable. I wasn't calling for any like um, just
2: going to eat know, rice and beans every day. Yeah, for, no, for yeah, none,
1: so we could still <laughs> live comfortably, but if we yeah. cut out some of these things and we exercise some discipline, this is where we could be at 55 and we could do anything we wanted. If you right. wanted to keep teaching, you could keep teaching. If you wanted to not, you wouldn't have to. It opened up the possibilities for us and when he was able to see that it we came to a place of mutual understanding is this is what we want not just for us but we want something to leave our children. We don't want to leave our children with this legacy of debt and nothing to show for our lives. We wanted to be able to leave them something that, um, so that they wouldn't have the student loan debt that we had. Um, You know, they wouldn't have to worry about, um, you know, financing. They would learn from us. So that's kind of where it started with both of us getting on board. And from there, we just, made our plans and started executing.
2: Now, did your parents or his parents have good financial kind of uh, education or anything like that? Y'all didn't walk into any of that.
1: No, not at all. My husband grew up um, primarily in a a single parent household. His parents divorced when he was young. And so, you know, his mom was worrying about uh, supporting her three children. Um, Right. That that was their concern. And so um, they never really had any conversations about finances, um, to the extent of we need money and you work to get it. And that's it. Um, my parents, um, I can recall that they lived paycheck to paycheck that, um, my mom had, I think some, um, emotional spending issues. I'd come home to find, um, you know, my bed full of like clothes that she had gone and bought for us. And then, you know, then the next week there's no money. Um, so neither one of us had very good financial foundations whatsoever.
2: And I'm thinking somebody's probably listening to this and thinking, well, but you're really smart because you went to law school. So you probably understood this stuff no, to begin with, not at all. but you're highly educated, highly intelligent, but financially you were illiterate. You weren't Absolutely. managing your money the way you needed to. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure somebody else is listening. Well, she probably had a really good paycheck. That's why she was able to do it. And mm-hmm. I think if you've listened for any amount of time, you understand that whether you make $10,000 a year or $10 million a year, you can get yourself into a paycheck to paycheck situation really, really quickly and easily. It's Absolutely. about the discipline on the spend side, not necessarily the income side.
1: Right. And we, we basically borrowed our way into the middle class. Right is the reality, you know, not having, you know, you're dealing with, you know, 18, 19 year olds with no financial education who are told you must go to college. Going to college is the way out um, because the only way that you can get a good job that pays good money is to go to college and you buy into that. And then you're handed these checks, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) and you're handed these checks and you have real no foresight of, consequences.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so you borrow. And so all told, you know, we entered the middle class as a lawyer, but that's another side <laughs> of it. <laughs> Starting right. as a lawyer, guess what I made? I made $40,000 and I had $200,000 in student <laughs> loans. So how does that work out? You know, right. <laughs> it doesn't work out well. It, it works out. You're living paycheck to paycheck, even though you've made this major accomplishment.
2: Yeah, so you start to change your lifestyle not only for the legacy you're going to leave, but also for just the freedom that that offers. At what point did you decide this is something we need to share? There are so many people mm-hmm. out here that don't even know this stuff, yeah. even though they probably have college educations and yeah. and you know, but nobody's ever taught them finances yet.
1: Exactly. I just really, so, so I said before, you know, I did this deep dive into the community. I was gobbling up podcasts. Every time I would go to Phoenix, I'd be listening to podcasts the whole way, but I really felt that there was a a void for families. So, you know, there, there were plenty of, um, and, and, uh, a feminine perspective. So, you know, there were plenty of podcasts out there, uh, of, from, you know, Men to co hosts and single men, and um, you know, some women poke or some women led podcasts, but I didn't really feel there was a, uh, a niche for families. And here we are, this large family, and I really wanted to create a space of inclusion for all sizes and shapes of families, you know, different diversity backgrounds, different socioeconomic backgrounds, big families, small families. And so that's kind of where the idea came from. And it took about six months of that kind of festering before I took the leap. And in a, uh, August of last year, I started the podcast.
2: What's great about your podcast, too, is you don't talk down to people and you don't Make it sound easy, you just mm-hmm. explain that the the cold, hard truths are most of it's spending. Yes. you know we we complain about our government sometimes, but they get plenty of money. they just don't know how to spend that money. they're not exactly. responsible right. there, right. and for most of us, that's the case. If you really look at it on a piece of paper, you think well i I spent probably ten dollars a week on this, and then you look at it on paper and it's closer to seventy or maybe even a hundred, right. and you're like, well, that's where our money's bleeding from. Uh, So once you get it on paper, you can walk through that. So talk a little bit about what you offer to people that can come to your podcast and get information, but also where do they go from there? Do you just kind of give them the information and leave them, or do you have something that can take them the next steps?
1: Right. So um, you're exactly right. Focusing on spending is, as I would maybe say that that's the second step, the first step you've already mentioned is kind of looking at, at where you are, where you are and and what are you spending your money on. So um what I encourage people to do and and in, in our courses we do is we have people look at where they are and analyze going backwards, you know, the past spending habits. And from there, it's very eye-opening. It's, it's <laughs> extremely eye-opening. You know, w- w- when we first started this. And I'm very embarrassed to say we were spending thousands, not not just a thousand, thousands <laughs> right. on food. We were eating, we were eating our paychecks. And so that's one very, very easy area that you can instantly find money. So looking at where you are, then from there, um, you know, deciding and questioning everything. I I say to people, ask two questions of every single thing that you're spending money on. Is this something that I can eliminate or is this something that I can reduce in some way? And so when you then take everything and itemize it out, you'll find out, oh, you know, I'm spending $220 a month on cable. Um, maybe I can, you know, maybe I can downgrade this, or maybe I can stream for a while, and that's what we did. We took a two hundred and twenty dollars cable bill and got it down to fifty nine dollars for just internet, and then we have a couple things that we stream, and and that, you know, that's over a hundred dollars a month. Well, you do that to, mm-hmm. you know, four or five different things, you know, reevaluating re-evalu- your car insurance, looking at your spending money. Suddenly, you've come up with five hundred dollars, and and what I say is like could $500 a month be life changing to you? It right. absolutely could be oh, life yeah. changing. What could you do with $500 a month? And imagine if you do more than that, if you have higher incomes. Mm-hmm. You know, we we just recently made an extremely drastic move and added $3700 back into our household and that has allowed me to walk away from my business. And right. and that's why I say it's it's this financial freedom that, um, this movement is about, it's giving you choice.
2: Right. I I love the concept of you make your own decisions. You know, I don't want to live here or I don't want to work there or I don't want my kids to do this or do that. I get to make that decision. And so much of our lives, somebody else makes that decision. Even Mm -hmm. if you went to law school and you got a great job, you find, you look around, you're like, everybody gets to decide what happens with my time and energy, except me. I don't get to make that decision. Right. My daughter, who's 18, she, she understands this concept and to me executes it way better than I did anywhere near <laughs> her age, is she realizes if she wants to get her nails done, she does because she works three jobs and she makes her own decisions as to what she spends her money on. And, and right. But she understands it's freedom. It's not about right. income. It's not right. about status or anything like that. It's just freedom. I want to move, I move. I don't right. want to move. I don't move. And, and there's people listening that think that are probably on their way to a job or home from a job that they uh, either hate or is just emotionally draining. Like you yeah. were talking about that, they would rather be present when they get home rather than come home and go, Oh, I dealt with this, this, and this, and this, or I'm just worried about it. Having that freedom. Talk a, a little bit about how that's changed your, not only your marriage, but also
0: your family. and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash cap show that's C-A-P-S-H-O and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now back to the show
1: it's really changed everything. You know, uh, we so we've adopted these boys and Um, you know, I feel, I feel bad for my older children because they got a completely different mom, you know, (laughs) my, my 23 year old got parents who were, you know, stressed out, broke and, you know, trying to climb their way into the middle class. And my, my oldest son who just turned 18, you know, he got parents who were, you know, in the middle class. But, you know, we were still broke and still, you know, we had the things now, but <laughs> right. we had to work to pay the things. And, you know, that's, that's draining and it's stressful and it, um, you know, it, it comes into your personal life, that stress and burnout. And, you know, with the little ones, I'm home. I, I'm able to work from home on my podcast. I'm able to take them to school every day. I'm able to pick them up from school every day, ask them how their day was, ask them a favorite question about their day. And it's just a completely different life. And I sometimes want to like pinch myself and say, is this really (laughs) happening? Like, did we really do this? You know? Right. But it's it's just different. We have, and you know, my husband's a teacher, and so he's home early enough that we get to spend our evenings as a family doing the things that we want to do. You know, if that's putting up the Christmas tree or, or you know, stringing the lights outside and just having fun as a family, Uh, it's just a completely different life.
2: Right. I love too that you didn't. uh set a goal monetarily or a dollar amount, you you sat down with your husband and decided, how do we want to live on a day-to-day basis? What, mm-hmm. what do we want that to look like? Is that you getting home at three o'clock? Maybe keep teaching. That's no big deal. Or is it just being together on weekends? Then we make sacrifices that way. Yeah. Or do we want to be present most of the time and then just be gone some of the time and make those own decisions ourselves. And that's what I would challenge people. If you're kind of stuck in that rut of, I have to go to work because of the income and because of the bills, set the goals on what you want your life to look like next Mm -hmm. year, five years from now, 10 years from now. And you don't have to eat rice and beans every day for a year. Just make some small adjustments and you can get there faster or slower, depending on what kind of level of pain you want to endure to get there. My wife and I did that for a long time. We, we put a lot of money away and didn't have the nicest car on the block or whatever it was yeah. because we wanted to live a certain way when exactly. we when we got there. So if, if people want to find out more about you and how they can get plugged into your, uh, not only your podcast, but your blog and and your groups, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, they
1: can find me pretty easily. at dot That's the the website. Um, all the podcast episodes are on there. The podcast itself is on anywhere you can find podcasts, so iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, all of those. It's it's there. Um, and then I'm on all basically all the social media as well. So Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram. I think those are the big ones, right?
2: Right. <laughs> And and you know people the that if they really, yeah, the people <laughs> right. that really want to get engaged, you can take them deeper because you will do yeah. some one-on-one stuff and help walk them through exactly. some of those conversations. Maybe uh, a mom or a wife are listening to this and going, well, how do you have that first conversation with your husband? Yeah. Because maybe he's the spender and you're the nerd or he's the nerd and you're the spender. How does that yeah. conversation start? You've got some tips and tricks on how to walk through yeah. some of that.
1: Yeah. So we have a, we have a free uh, email course that we have to kind of to lay the foundation for people. But what I, I, whether it's me, whether it's someone else in the financial independence community, what I think the, the, one of the most critical factors for you digging yourself out of whatever situation it is, is community. And whether it's, you know, our private Facebook group or someone else's Facebook group or a meetup or, or something, get yourself surrounded by other people, because what you're going to find is you are not alone, that there are other people in this exact same situation. Everybody wants to put on social media, the good stuff. Well, (laughs) they're, they're dealing with the same stuff that we're all dealing with. And, One of the biggest reasons that we have found uh, the success that we have found in in reaching these important milestones and becoming uh, closer to financial independence is because we have had community. We have had someone else who said, this is what I did. This is a situation that I was in. And we identified with them and said, well, you know, if they did it, we can tweak it a little bit and we could do it too
2: right and there's enormous support out there for you to to not be embarrassed that you are where you are because like wendy said there are so many people that are drowning in uh, school debt or credit card Mm. debt or you've tried to buy the house that you felt like you needed to have or the cars or maybe you live in an area of the country that you you may need to move that may not be the place you need to live because the cost of living is too high but get community around you and share those uh, struggles and other people will you know I, I dealt with that and this is how I fixed it or my sister did this and this is how she got out of it and there's so many ways to get out of that what what i just describe as pure you know slavery servitude mm. you you are just a slave to the 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 job or the the place or the stuff and you can get out of that and live a life that is full and happy and abundant and yeah. then not only that for you and your family, but like you were saying, Wendy, you can you can go out there and affect other people. You can adopt, you can contribute, you can give, you can bless other people simply because now you're free to do those kind
0: of things. Right. Yep. Now you started this journey at 46 years old, you said. Yeah. And I remember you mentioned this before we started recording and I'm not sure if it came up, but you said you're close to retiring again from your career as a criminal defense lawyer. So how long has it been on this journey? So how old are you guys? If
1: So, so we're 48. Kurt turns 49 in just a couple of days, actually. So we're both on the brink of 49. So it's been about three years total that we have been in this community. Um, I I did technically retire my practice last year in October. However... <laughs> I I got that phone call.
0: That's
1: exactly what happened. I got a phone call, and and someone needed my help, and I just really empathized with them, and so I did take a case. So I do have one case right now. I'm going back and forth to (laughs) Phoenix for, but you know that's a choice. That was a choice where I said, you know, look, this is. I, I, you know, I, I relate to this person. I feel bad, and how can I help them? And and it benefited, you know, our our budget in the meantime. So, yeah. it, that's the choice that this situation brings is the ability to to say yes or no.
0: Yeah, that's really but, cool too. That yeah. you can go back to being a lawyer, but it's on your terms. It's not because you're desperate yeah. for that next paycheck yeah. or that next commission. It's because you know what I, I feel I can make some significant impact mm-hmm. for that person's life if I, if I take this case on.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, That's, that, that's, that's what it's all cool about. Thing.
0: Yeah. So if people want to
2: uh, stop by your house, what's your home address if they just want to come <laughs> by and say hi. Or...
0: Um. <laughs> you Curtis on that one? Like, Wendy, why are people showing up to yeah. the house? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll be waiting for them at the door. Uh, for the record, well, no we... one has ever answered this question, Wendy. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know, yeah. here's the thing though. It's like, You know, I I won't give my address out, but our house is open. Seriously. Like (laughs) anybody who wants to come over that are friends, like our house is open. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the
2: best way to start that is to to get go to houseify.com, join yeah. a group, get yeah. involved in the conversation, and you'll probably get invited over there with some meetups and stuff like that. Yeah. And a good or background check and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or go commit a crime. And if you need a,
0: an attorney, you know. I don't know. She's retired. So it's yeah, like if true. she wants to find her. Probably not the up, fastest so. way to do it. I get still involved require,
1: in I require payment, though. So you better have some money. There you
0: go.
2: Yep. Get paid up front because now she only <laughs> has to take jobs she wants, not <laughs> jobs she needs. So that's really cool. Well, thanks, Wendy, for joining us. I, I'm, I'm so happy and honored to know you and know the work that you are doing out there to just free people to, to go make the impact they need to make on the world and not just earn a paycheck, but to change the world from from their little corner, whatever that is. And uh, so it's awesome to have you on and, and to just share that message with people. If they want to get in touch with you, it'll be in the show notes and all that kind of stuff. But definitely uh, go find out, listen to some podcasts, listen to uh, some of the people in the community, read the blog post and, and just try to start small. Save a little bit of money every week, every month, and you'll be shocked by how that pays off in the long run.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun and it was uh, just a really good time talking to you guys.
0: If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 224. There you'll find a link to the House of Five podcast, Wendy's website, her social media platforms, and so much more. Now, the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street or if you're social distancing still, email it to your neighbor, text it to your neighbor, ping them on social media in some way, shape or form. Share it with your social media neighbors. Maybe they don't have to physically or geographically be near you. Maybe they're just digital neighbors. Whatever the case is, you sharing our message, our stories, our show with others could help inspire them and encourage them to go out there and start something of their own. Now, until next week, Go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever as a Cap Shovian myself.